0: Well, I am honoured and excited to be sharing from God's Word with you today. This message has been sizzling, as I like to say, for a while now. I began meditating on this passage of scripture towards the end of last year. And I put it aside, I let it rest, but over time it keeps popping up here and there. And so I've spent some more time studying it and I believe God would have me share it with you today. And I am excited. I'm going to be teaching from Psalm 51 and I am using the new international version. And if you would like a title, it shall be called a steadfast spirit. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the word that is going to be taught this morning. I pray that my words would not be my own, but they would be yours. And that, Lord, your word, the seed of your word would be landing on soft soil of our hearts. Holy Spirit, let us hear what you are speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Psalm 51 verse 10 says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And now if you've been in church for a number of years past and certain lyrics and songs stick in your head, then your mind has probably gone back to that old song that sings this verse. And in the New Living Translation, it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a loyal spirit within me. Now, Psalm 51 is said to be written by David, who was king of Israel at the time, known to be one who is after God's own heart. But he had committed adultery at this time with a lady named Bathsheba, and then he orchestrated her husband's death. But he was confronted by the prophet Nathan for his wrongdoing. And when David was writing this psalm, it is clear that he was in a place where he knew he had done the wrong thing. He had sinned. He had slept with another man's wife, but then he had her husband placed at the front of the battle, so he died just to cover it up. God, he is all knowing, all seeing. Amen. It doesn't matter what type of damage control we go into afterwards. It doesn't change the fact that like David, we all sin and we all fall short of the plan that God has for our life. David knew he had sinned. And through Nathan's rebuke, David came to a place of repentance with God. How long have you known and walked with Jesus? I have been a Christian for over 17 years and a lot can happen within 17 years. Am I right? I mean, I was just a young teenager when I made the informed decision to follow Jesus. And since then, I've finished school. I've gone to uni, worked jobs. I've got married. I've had children, planted a church. And, you know, I've felt the sweet moments of life when it is awesome and it is fun, but I've also felt the crushing lows of grief and disappointments. Through all of my 17 years, I can say I have kept following Jesus. Renew a steadfast spirit within me, Lord. The definition of steadfast is to be firmly fixed in belief, not subject to change, being loyal and faithful. And the meaning of the word steadfast used in psalm 51 is to have a firm spirit firm for god and to abide constant in the way that is called holy you know being steadfast being loyal standing firm in a belief is not something that's very common these days we are always seeking the newest update i mean we update our phones every couple of years we're changing things all the time we're tolerating things I mean, we all know someone who changes what footy team they support based on who's doing well that season, right? They're a bandwagon fan. (laughs) Or take, for example, New Year's resolutions. Oh, here we go. How many of us actually stick to these resolutions? A new survey from Forbes Health in the US said that in 2023, the top five resolutions made were to improve mental health, improve fitness, lose weight, improve diet, and improve finances. However, it is so common for most people to not remain steadfast in these resolutions that by the second Friday in January, people have indicated they give up and they quit. Now, there's no judgment from me. I do not make new years resolutions anymore because I have not followed through in years past so no judgment for me but it's a good example and you know with all that's at our fingertips today everything's changing everything's evolving it's no wonder that people are struggling to know and express what they believe and with every bit of news that's there and opinions especially the way your algorithms are designed in social media it can make it Awfully difficult for us to be steadfast in anything, let alone our faith in God. In Philippians 3, verses 13 to 14, Paul says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If we are to make it to the end goal, which is eternity with God in heaven and to become more and more like Jesus each day, then we must have a steadfast spirit. And a steadfast spirit, it's not a once-off here-go moment when you receive salvation. No, thank goodness God is not a one-time access only God. No, we can go to him anytime, anywhere in prayer. Amen. But Psalm 51 reveals to us that it is highly likely that this steadfast spirit must be renewed from time to time for us to make it. You know, renewed means to be made new again and again and perhaps again and again. But before we look at how to renew our steadfast spirit today, let's look at three things that actually may affect us to remain firm in our spirit for God. And I'm doing the veteran preacher move. And I'm actually starting all three things with the letter S. (laughs) So let's go. Number one, our stuff ups. You know, David, he stuffed up. And after Saul, who was the king prior to David, had disobeyed God, the prophet at that time, who was Samuel, rebuked him. He said in 1 Samuel 13, 14, But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So David was sought after by God. He became the greatest king in Israel's history. I mean, his heritage line held Jesus within it. He was pretty important. He was pretty significant, but he was human. He's stuffed up just like we do. And often, like David, what follows wrongdoing is shame, it's guilt, and a feeling of the need to fix it ourselves. But we must be careful that our stuff-ups don't create in us a spirit of shame, but they lead us back to Jesus in repentance. An example of this is parenting. Man, parenting young children, and I have three, five, three, and three months, it's hard work. And I'm sure older children are just as hard. I just haven't experienced that stage yet. But as much as kids are a blessing and it's fun and it's an amazing journey, it is also challenging. And there are times as a parent, we can act in a way we don't want to or have a bit of a stuff up moment with our kids. And it's in following these moments that we may feel guilt, shame about what we've just said or how we've responded in the moment. But we have to learn to quickly move past this and repair our relationship with our kids. Otherwise, guilt and shame will cover over our interactions and ultimately they will affect our relationship with our kids. It's the same with our relationship with Jesus. When we stuff up, we have to own it. We have to come back to Jesus in repentance to repair and ask him to renew a steadfast spirit in us. We will all stuff up. Paul writes about it in Romans 7.15. He said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. He sounds pretty frustrated to me. So even though we may not want to sin and do the wrong thing, the fact is we're made of flesh. We still live in the world. Therefore, it's inevitable. We will all sin and stuff up from, from time to time. But isn't it amazing that Jesus extends his mercy and his grace and he forgives us. He doesn't leave us to carry that spirit of shame and guilt. In Romans 8 verses 1 to 2, it says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Amen. When we repent, he renews our spirit, and he will create in us a new and clean and pure heart if we ask him. So our stuff ups is number one. Number two, our surroundings affect our steadfast spirit. What is happening in our day to day life is either going to encourage us to remain steadfast or it's going to work against you. Like I said, in 17 years of being a Christian and following Jesus, so much has happened. Life is full of ups and downs. I mean, there's stresses with the interest rates rising, with the cost of living, there's health, there's kids. I mean, and then there's just the everyday constant of what's going on. But what do you do daily to help keep your spirit steadfast? Just like our body needs food to survive, we need to get into the word of God regularly. It is food for our soul. Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We all experience different stress from at different times from different things when we walk daily with Christ. And unfortunately, there's no escaping it. It's like the bear hunt. You can't go under it. You can't go over it. You have to go through it. And hard, challenging times often refine us. In Romans 5 verses 3 to 5, it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance. Perseverance character and character hope and hope does not put us to shame because God love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So our surroundings can either reinforce our spirit to be steadfast for God or it can weaken our spirit. Let's look at Job, for example. Job, the poor guy, he lost everything. I mean everything. Everything. It all happened within a matter of moments and he was left all by himself and his friends and even his wife scolded him. I mean, he must have sinned. And this is his punishment. Job, why are you still remaining steadfast in your faith in God who has just taken everything from you? But Job refused to believe he had sinned. He refused to believe that God was out to get him. He did not allow his surroundings to distract him. He stood firm in his faith. And in the end, God renewed his spirit and his life. We see in Job 42.10, it says, After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. So our stuff-ups and our surroundings can affect our steadfast spirit. And thirdly, someone can affect your steadfast spirit. Now, what I mean by this is that the people you surround yourself with, who you allow access to your life will influence you one way or the other. I've heard it said that energy lingers beyond proximity. So the question would be then, what energy am I leaving with others? And what energy does that person leave in my life? Is it an energy of negativity, of complaining? What about an energy of conspiracy? Or is the energy left behind life-giving, encouraging, uplifting, and pointing towards the light of Jesus? In 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. If we look in 2 Samuel chapter 13, David asked Joab who was his nephew, but also the commander in chief of the army to place Uriah, who was Bathsheba's husband, out in front where the fighting was fiercest. Then he said for him to withdraw so that he would be struck down and die. Now, Joab of course was probably in a bit of a sticky situation because he was, had to follow the king's orders. Let's be real. But If you actually look, they had a close and a very long relationship together. And I actually tend to think it's sad that Joab didn't speak up or perhaps even question David's plan to cover his wrongdoing. Thankfully, Nathan the prophet was brave enough to raise it with David. And we need people that see something in our lives that may be a bit off or may just need to encourage us. Hey, get back on. Let's go. Come on, be steadfast. We need these people in our lives. It might hurt when they speak a bit of truth confronting us, but we need these people in our lives because they help us to remain steadfast. And I'm not saying to avoid all people who do not sing sunshine and roses, but at the same time, just be mindful. Just like our stuff ups and our surroundings and stress, they affect our steadfast spirit so can the people and the voices we allow in our lives. Now, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about an area where we've stuffed up or perhaps the stress or someone that's in our life, how can we renew our steadfast spirit again today? Well, if we go back to Psalm 51, we see that David repented. He came back to God and he asked for forgiveness. And also he asked for him to create in him a pure and a clean heart and to make new again his spirit so that it would be firm in his faith for God going forward. In verse 17 of Psalm 51, it says, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Contrite means feeling or expressing remorse at the recognition that one has done wrong. We need to recognise when we are not remaining steadfast and we need to know what has caused that and we need to repent. And what does repent mean? It means to literally stop, turn around, leave the sin behind and follow Jesus. And when we look at Psalm 51, verse 17 in the New Living Translation, it says the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. You know, we often throw out things that are broken because their use is no longer valid. I love when the kids' toys are broken, I guess, go, out you go. (laughs) But we are not things. You know, we may have a broken spirit, We may realize we're in a place where we have maybe stuffed up. We've let our surroundings, you know, distract us or we've listened to someone more than we should be listening to the voice of God. But when we have that broken spirit, we must take it to God. You know, God wants us to come to him with our broken pieces. He wants all of our genuine vulnerable self. And he wants to heal us, deliver us and make us whole again. A broken spirit that is repenting is a sacrifice to him. It shows that we can't do this thing called life without him. And God will always respond to confession and when someone trusts in his mercy and his grace. So what happened to David after this? After he repented, after he asked God to renew his steadfast spirit? Well, sadly, the child that David ended up having with Bathsheba did die. But after him, a new child was born, and this was Solomon, David's son who succeeded him as king. In fact, from the first book of Kings, we know that Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings on the earth, and God gave Solomon peace on all fronts during most of his reign. And even though David had desired to build God a temple, it was his son Solomon That was the one to build his temple. And I definitely think that not only did God renew his steadfast spirit, but he renewed his life, just like Job. And as I finish up, in repentance, David sought after God to cleanse him. Now, the Hebrew word here for cleanse means unsin me, meaning he was seeking a forgiveness so complete that the whole fact and issue of sin can be cancelled. And we know that we've just been through Easter that this is what Jesus completed on the cross for us. He offers us a forgiveness so complete. And he creates in us a clean and a pure heart. And he renews our spirit to be steadfast as we continue to walk in him. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the word that you have given us this morning. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that if you've been speaking to us, perhaps an area where we've stuffed up and we've done the wrong thing, or where we've just allowed the stress and the surroundings of life to overwhelm us, or perhaps we've been, you know, maybe we've been too negative, or we've been allowing the the voices of others to distract us, or maybe even come in and make our, our steadfast, firm spirit be a bit unwavering towards you lord i pray lord we come back to you in repentance we say sorry and we ask for forgiveness we ask for you to create in us a new and clean heart again for you today jesus we ask that you would renew our spirit to be steadfast for you going forward we thank you that you do forgive us that you do give us chances over and over again that you are a gracious god a merciful god and we love you i pray lord that everyone listening to this podcast or hearing this sermon and watching this sermon today, Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged that even though things happen, Lord, you remain with us. And so we can just come back to you, come back to the feet of Jesus and know that you do forgive us and you give us new life and we can keep going forward in Jesus name. Amen amen. Well, I pray this word has encouraged you. It's encouraged me. And I pray you have the most blessed and awesome week. And we hope to see you at In-Person Church in Smeaton Grange at the Juicy Goose sometime soon. Have a great week. Thanks, church.